Chapter Nineteen of Robin Hood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Robin Hood by Paul Kresic. Chapter Nineteen. Robin woke from a heavy slumber at daybreak. A faint noise from without the buttery disturbed him. He very quietly rose up and picking his way across the room, came to the entrance to the kitchens. He opened one of the doors and found a passage, grey-lit by the first gleam of dawn. At the end of it was the figure of a man. His height revealed him for little John. Over his shoulders was a short sack. Seeing Robin, he beckoned to him, then whispered his plans. But Robin did not intend to leave Nottingham so soon. Go, little John, and take that which is in your sack. I shall bring it to you, gossip, spoke little John in a muffled voice. To your haunts in Barnesdale. You shall see who is the better servant, Stutely or myself. Here I have the sheriff's plate. An audacious notion flashed upon Robin. Take it to our cave in Barnesdale, honest John, said he swiftly indicating the sack and harkee i will follow later with such a guest as never our greenwood has yet carried lay out a royal feast and kill one of the fattest bucks take my dagger in token to them that i have sent you who will you bring with you gossip not my lord of hereford i will bring monceux himself said robin boldly leave the business in my hands go now if you know a safe road from out of this place. I have a friend at the gate who will ask me no questions, answered Little John softly. But you? My wit shall lead me out of Nottingham, Robin told him. Little John let himself out by one of the postern doors, and found means to convey the sheriff's plate through the streets. Afterwards, when he reached the gate, he continued to win his passage by pure statesmanship, pretending he had been sent out at that strange hour to snare young rabbits for his lord's breakfast. Meanwhile, Robin returned to the buttery and waited for events to shape themselves. Ere long the butchers began yawning and quarrelling betwixt themselves, and Robin artfully persuaded them by setting one against the other to a free fight. The servants separated them, and in anger bade them all be gone. Robin besought them to let him stay, saying that he wished an audience with my lord the sheriff. "'Out upon you, pestilent fellow!' cried one of the servants. "'You scum of the earth! This comes from hobnobbing with such rascals. Go hence quickly with your fellows, or we will break all your bones!' So they were all bustled out into the cold streets, and Robin, in his butcher's smock, went back, as if very crestfallen, to his empty cart and lean horse. In due season the servants found out that the sheriff's new kitchen hand was gone, and with him the gold plate. Then they remembered how he had been found with the cook. Roger was plucked out of his bed, with all his bruises and wounds upon him, to give evidence before Monceau, who was in a great fume all that spite and jealousy might do, Roger performed with gusto.
and so fixed the blame upon little john that no one else was even suspected roger would now have spoken as to barnsdale and betrayed the secret caves to the sheriff but he had once before persuaded them to search the cave near gamewell with ill results enough of these tales snarled the sheriff keep them for the bishop's ears i am concerned for my plate and will recover it ere i put forth on any other enterprise he sent out his archers and men-at-arms with such an incoherent description of little john that near all the tall men of nottingham were brought under arrest the gatekeeper who had been so foolish as to open to little john became so fearful of the sheriff's anger that when they questioned him he vowed by all the saints that he had clapped eyes on no such fellow in his life monceux getting more and more enraged chanced at last upon the butchers he bade them all to be brought before him small comfort did he gather from annie least of all from robin who behaved in so foolish a manner before the great man that all who had not believed him crazy before were now well sure of it he would persist in talking to the irate lord of his own affairs how he had just inherited a farm with many head of cattle such beasts how he had sold some of them in the market on the previous day for large monies how he intended to always sell at nottingham since there the people were so rich and generous i have full five hundred and ten horned beasts upon my land that i will sell for a just figure said robin i to him who will pay me in right money will i sell them for twenty pieces is that too much to ask lording monceux in the midst of his frenzy suddenly quieted down this was the idiot butcher of whom people had been chattering no use to bluster and threaten him five hundred and ten fat beasts for twenty pieces was ever such a fool i'll buy you beasts of you butcher said monceux and will give you twice the money you ask at this robin was quite overcome and fell to praising him to the skies for the moment the missing plate was forgotten drive in your beasts butcher said monceux they are but at gamewell said robin not more than a mile beyond it at most will you not come and choose your own beasts the day is fine the sheriff dismissed all but robin in order that they might settle it quickly if he did not close upon this bargain straightway it would be lost to him after some hesitation he said i will go with you butcher spoke master monceux after all what had he to fear surely no man be he ever so wicked and desperate an outlaw would dare to lay hands upon the sheriff of nottingham monceux had all along suspected the bishop of hereford's story there were no robbers in sherwood now the bishop had invented the tale in order to cover up some disgraceful carousal and had bribed his men it had been a plot by which my lord of hereford had been able to foist himself and his company upon the sheriff 
and so gain both free lodging in Nottingham, and save giving in charity to the poor folk of the town. Thus Master Monceux argued swiftly within himself. "'Get ready, butcher, for,' he said briskly, "'I will join you in a few moments.' He laid a solemn and dreadful charge upon the captain of his men-at-arms, and upon those of his household, to find him his plate ere he returned. He swore that their own goods should be seized and sold, if they failed him in this manner. Then he affected to be going in secret search himself. So the two of them, without guard, went off together, Robin driving his shambling horse, and rickety cart beside the sheriff's little fat brown pony. They passed through the gate, and Monceux left word there that his archers were to follow him to Gamewell so soon as they had returned from their searching for his plate. Robin was very gay, and kept the sheriff amused with his foolish chattering. Monceux congratulated himself more and more. They had drawn nigh to Gamewell, and to that little gravel pit wherein was one of the hidden passages to the Barnsdale caves. Peering irresolute through the tree-trunks far off to their right, Robin spied a herd of deer. They stood and trembled at the sight of Robin and the sheriff, preparing to stampede. Robin guessed that they had been driven by the greenwood men all that day, that perchance Stutely and the rest were near the beasts in ambush. Reining in his lean horse, he turned in his cart to call to the sheriff. See, Excellence, here are my beasts coming to welcome me. Now choose those which your eyes like, and pay me the gold. Monceux saw then that he had been duped, and flew into a terrible passion. Robin cut his reproaches very short, and taking off his butcher's smock, blew on his horn that short, queer signal. The sheriff turned to fly, but had not travelled a hundred yards ere, hearing an uncomfortable hissing sound made by an arrow as it flew just over his head, thought it better to stop. Robin had hidden his bow and quiver in the straw at the bottom of the butcher's cart. He now stood up and sped his shafts all around and about the poor sheriff. Then Monceux reined up his fat pony and surrendered himself grudgingly, trying to bargain all the while. "'If I give you my horse and a golden penny, will you let me go, butcher?' said he, whiningly. "'Did I not treat you well last night, giving you a fair supper and much ale? This is ill-requiting my usage of you, butcher.' Suddenly he saw himself surrounded by the men of the green wood, headed by Stutely. Robin nodded, and in a moment the sheriff was seized, and hurried away to the gravel pit, and his pony was set galloping in the direction of Nottingham, with empty saddle. The greenwood men soon brought their captive through the dangerous passage, having first blindfolded him. Within five hours of his departure from Nottingham, my lord the sheriff found himself in a strange, unknown part of Sherwood, seated amongst two score and ten 
wild fellows to a wilder meal of venison brown bread and wine with a shock of surprise he saw that the hot juicy portion of the king's beast handed to him as his share was smoking fragrantly upon a golden plate he glanced around from the merry faces of the lawless men to the dishes and plates from which they were eating all were of gold and very familiar his rolling eye encountered that of little john's coolly helping himself to a second serve you rascal you rogue spluttered monceau you scum of the kitchens where is my plate you shall be shred into little pieces for this trick and you false butcher nay excellence said a gentle voice near to him this is no butcher but rather master robin o the hood a good yeoman and right saxon some call him robin of locksley let me fill your goblet excellent for you have spilled all the wine monceau glared at the speaker a handsome lad dressed gaily in page's costume the sheriff's frown would have frightened most people but the dark-haired boy only laughed and tossed his head in a queerly fascinating way the sheriff relaxing held out his goblet and smiled back upon the page well done master gilbert of blois cried robin who sat at the sheriff's left hand now tell me how you discovered me and i will love you the lad blushed furiously i knew you from the first robin of the hood he answered defiantly in truth questioned robin slyly and with his own suspicions growing no wonder he had seen nothing of marian in nottingham town in truth well no submitted the page let me fill your tankard friend but very soon i did discover you is this the stag that you killed robin of the hood he asked innocently robin nodded and the sheriff flashed another look of anger upon him sit you beside me gilbert robin ordered i am very fain to have speech with you marian with her woman's intuition knew from his tone that she also was discovered yet she braved it out i will fill all the cups robin of the hood she said firmly with an adorable little shake of her black curls then i will hear your adventures as a nottingham butcher which i see you are dying to tell to us the page skipped lightly from under robin's threatening hand and the merry men laughed loud and long he calls you robin of the hood master cried john perry roaring like a bull for some reason this nickname tickled him mightily he kept repeating it in all kinds of tones and those about him began to laugh also tis a very excellent name said robin a little vexed a merry name a man's name and a name to my heart i do adopt it from this day for is not robin fitzooth of locksley dead my lord the sheriff can tell you that he is for he has burned him laugh at it or like it friends which you will but pledge me in it for i have paid the reckoning little john stutely and much rose to their feet together in their hurry to be first 
The others were not slow in following them. Long life to you and happiness, Robin of the Hood. Here's fortune's best and confusion to all your enemies. Huzzah, Robin of the Hood! The darkening woods echoed it back to them. Robin of the Hood! Robin Hood! You will have to be christened, gossip, said Little John with an air of importance. And surely I know the man who will be sponsor. But you spoke just now of a reckoning and I do see that our guest is become fidgety. Shall I tot up the bill for him? Do so, friend. The sheriff appeared uneasy at this. I have not my purse with me, he began apologetically. How did you purpose paying me for my beasts? asked Robin. Why, that is, I have, of course, a small sum about me, "'What is that, some gossip?' questioned Little John, very kindly. "'Tis no more than forty pieces of gold,' said Monceux, recollecting that he had named this amount to Robin. "'Is that all?' "'I have not another penny-piece, good Master Hood,' replied the sheriff. "'If that is true, then you shall pay no more than ten pieces of gold for your entertainment, Excellence,' decreed Robin." Speak I soothly, men of the greenwood. The sheriff should swear by his patron saint that he will never more molest us, said one of the company wisely, and this addition was carried unanimously. So be it then, cried little John, approaching Monceux. Now swear by your life and your patron saint. I will swear it by St. George, who is patron of us all, cried the fat sheriff vigorously and he swore that never again would he disturb or distress them in Sherwood. Let me catch any one out of you, it thought he to himself. Then he paid them ten pieces of gold, and having done this, rose up to go. It was already full dusk. Gossip, observed little John reprovingly, you did not hand me your wallet, but took out instead the ten golden pieces. Let me see for myself that thirty remain. Mayhap some evil person has robbed you unbeknown. Nay, I do not think that, said the sheriff quickly. I take great care of all my belongings. Yet you may have been despoiled, persisted Little John. Permit me to satisfy myself and this company that you have had honourable treatment in these happy woods. With a groan, Monceux yielded his wallet, and stutely counted out the money in it with a loud voice, otherwise the company was silent. There is another wallet, gossip, said the inexorable little John, pointing towards the sheriff's belt. In all they counted out one hundred gold pieces. We must add another naught to the foot of our bill, Excellence, said Robin. Be of good heart. What is naught but nothing? Ten pounds and a naught added to it is a most reasonable account for such royal fare. Take then this money which you first gave me. We will keep the wallets. Tis monstrous, tis an enormity, bellowed Monceau, flying out. 
already you have stolen my plate and now would strip me utterly tis rank villainy and i promise you all you have promised enough tonight sheriff retorted robin away with him stutely and go you too little john take our guest through the secret path so far as the roadway by nottingham gate there he may find his archers waiting for him be speedy they nodded and grasped the struggling sheriff by either arm his eyes were speedily bandaged by little gilbert and he made an undignified exit while the rest busied themselves removing the remains of the feast robin spoke quietly with the page since little john has happily returned to us master gilbert said robin tis clear that he will want his quarters again so i must move you it matters not robin you are over young to concert with such wild company gilbert robin continued and so i will take you to a safe asylum unless of course you would sooner return to nottingham i have now no real home in nottingham said marian frankly my father has gone to london to find us a home there he has been offered a post in the king's household so soon as he had departed they sent for me to attend at the sheriff's castle saying i was to become maid to the demoiselle marie this i could not and so escaped in the early dawn of the day i have a friend at gamewell said robin diffidently in sooth it is my own uncle and he would surely not refuse me in this will you go with me gilbert at once soon it will be night indeed i'll go anywhere with you robin answered the little page yet robin would not affect to recognize marian though his heart was thumping in his body he led her silently hastily through the strange passages towards gamewell thinking how he should bring a welcome for the maid you are not talkative friend robin murmured his companion once my heart is too full for speech gilbert said robin softly then and this answer seemed to satisfy master gilbert of blois under the night he smiled happily to himself is this your bad hand robin he asked presently the one that i did wound poor fingers i am sorry now can you forgive me robin end of chapter nineteen